Do you think that chickenpox is a disease of the 80s? Unfortunately, Siobhan, it is still very much around and um, there seems to be a few more cases than usual at the moment, but obviously um, the data hasn't come back for that yet. Today on Feed, Play, Love, paediatrician Dr Deb Levy talks about why we're still seeing chickenpox and how we can deal with it. Feed, Play, Love with Siobhan Hunt. The other week, my daughter woke up with about 15 spots across her body. She'd had headaches uh, in the few days leading up to the spots appearing, so I was suspicious. I was surprised to learn that they were chickenpox. She's been immunised. Plus, I did actually think that this was something that we'd stopped getting when I was a kid in the 80s. Dr. Deb Levy is a paediatrician. Hi, Deb. How are you? Great. Thanks, Siobhan. How are you? Good. Thank you. Now, I was so surprised when my daughter got chickenpox for a number of reasons, but mostly because I hadn't heard of any kids getting chickenpox. And I thought that most kids were vaccinated, as my daughter is. Um, why is chickenpox still something around? I mean, was it just me thinking that it had been er- mainly eradicated? Well, unfortunately, Siobhan, it is still very much around and um, there seems to be a few more cases than usual at the moment, but obviously um, the data hasn't come back for that yet. Um, You know, and addressing your question, I guess, around vaccination, thankfully, the majority of children in Australia are vaccinated, but it's important to remember that although, you know, the chickenpox vaccine is part of our um, national schedule, it's not 100% effective. Actually, no vaccine really is 100% effective at preventing the disease that it's vaccinating for. So I know that, I mean, we've had this discussion a lot around COVID, that you can have the vaccine doesn't mean that you won't get COVID, but it does, it's probably likely to mean you won't be as unwell as if you didn't have the vaccine. Is that generally the case with chickenpox as well? Absolutely. Um, Not only is, you know, the rash a little bit different, but I guess more importantly, the severity of the illness is um, less marked. So, for example, the known complications and the most serious complications of chickenpox could be a brain infection called encephalitis or a lung infection known as pneumonia. And um, certainly both of those conditions are decreased in a child who's been vaccinated. One of the things that really um, confounded me about my daughter's experience was um, she may have had, I suppose, one or two spots previous to the other spots appearing, maybe in a couple of days before. Um, And literally these dots appeared overnight. And I sent her to the doctor with my husband that morning and they were dry. And maybe you can talk to how the chicken pox Mm -hmm. appears but literally overnight, she seemed to have chicken pox and then be told by the doctor she was not contagious and could go to school. Is that something that's likely to happen because she was vaccinated? It just seems like a really short turnaround time to have chicken pox and then be okay. Absolutely. I mean, look, it's a little bit tricky, obviously, for me to speculate in terms of what it looked like. But, you know, if you look at the natural history of chicken pox, you know, firstly, if your child develops chickenpox, it means they've been exposed around about two to three weeks prior to actually developing it. And that's something we call the incubation period. Um, and then 
when they actually start to develop symptoms, it can be like you've already mentioned, you know, your, you know, your daughter was just a little bit unwell. I think you said she had a headache, maybe she had a mild fever. And then the rash starts and the rash quite typically goes through three phases. The first phase is that it looks like a pimple. So, you know, a little bump, yellowish bump on a red base. That then progresses to a blister, so a fluid-filled little pimple, and then it dries over and scabs over. And, um, you know, when it's when all of the lesions have scabbed over, and I'll come back to this in a second, that is when we consider children to be no longer infectious. That being said, um, I guess there are two points I want to make. One, the lesions, again, quite typical for chickenpox, come in crops. And what I mean by that is you can have some blisters, then suddenly some of those more pimply looking ones appear. And, you know, it can be at different stages and phases. Um, you know, so really we're looking for every single lesion to be crusted over. And um, the other thing I wanted to mention is that children who are vaccinated may not go through that typical pattern and they may just have the red bumps. So I, I guess I, I'm wondering whether that was a situation, you know, with your daughter, mm. but obviously I'm just speculating. Yes. <laughs> and that, that lead time's really interesting. Um, I had no mm. idea that it could be that long. Mm-hmm. And how do they, how do you catch chicken pox? Well, the two main ways of catching it are one through droplet spread, and this is definitely the most common, and that will be through air around you. So let's say someone who um, has chickenpox has coughed or sneezed near you, and then you breathe in the virus that is sitting on those on the air particles. So that was def- that is definitely the most common way. The other way is actually through direct contact with those fluid-filled blisters, so the fluid inside them, which is why, obviously, as always, hand washing is so important, as is coughing, you know, into an elbow or even, you know, blowing your nose in a tissue, throwing that away, or coughing into a tissue and throwing that away. Another thing that I think we've become more conscious of, perhaps, since COVID is the impact these kinds of illnesses can have on the vulnerable and the elderly, we might not be so worried about our child who's been vaccinated and doesn't have such a severe case of chickenpox, but obviously if they're contagious and it can um, spread to others, who are at risk? And is this something we should worry about with grandparents around? Yes. So absolutely very important um, to be aware of who is around you. So anyone who is in the vulnerable age groups, and that would be the very young, so you're especially the under one month of age, as well as your elderly, or anyone who has any um, other medical conditions that could leave them immunocompromised. And then, of course, the other big group, especially, um, I guess, relevant for our population is mums to be so pregnant ladies have to be very careful if they're exposed to chickenpox especially if it's within that first trimester because that can impact significantly on um, the fetus does chickenpox have a season like the flu not particularly no but as with anything that's spread by droplets or aerosol it is um, more common within the winter months just because of the the air and the the fluid content in the air I guess that's the least scientific way that I can explain (laughs) I like it though that makes sense to me and of course um, once if our children do get chicken pox it can be really uncomfortable for them 
how do we make them feel a bit more comfortable? Are there things we can do? Yes. Um, you know, as, as you've said, really, when we're looking after our children with chickenpox, it is about looking after their symptoms. And the worst symptom for them is usually the itch. And what we don't want is our children scratching those, um, those little lesions because not only does it increase the risk of infection, but it can also increase the risk of scarring. So really what we're trying to do is stop that itch. I guess my three top tips would be a bicarbonate of soda bath. So I'm getting very old-fashioned, <laughs> but uh, I think if you can get, you know, a good cup of bicarb, throw it in a bath and let your child sit in, you know, a lukewarm to warm bath, certainly not a hot bath because that makes anything that's itchy worse. And that bicarb helps to soothe the itch. I'm not a massive fan of the calamine lotion. Again, you know, a bit of a throwback to my youth, but um, you're welcome to give it a go. And I guess my third tip would be um, around oral antihistamines that can help. Again, this needs to be under the advice of your medical practitioner, especially if you've got a young child. And I'm just going to throw in one more thing. If you've got a young child, another tip can be covering their hands, especially when they're sleeping. So, you know, those you can get those onesies where you can cover the hands up or maybe put some, you know, gloves on them while they're sleeping or socks on their hands or something like that. So while they're sleeping, they're not um, unconsciously scratching away. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard enough to keep them, to stop them doing it when they're conscious. So <laughs> exactly. that's a great idea. And how long do we generally need to keep them home for? Well, look, in, in terms of being contagious, I guess the tricky thing first to mention is that they're actually contagious for around about two days before the rash even pops up. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we can't protect everyone all of the time. But then we need to keep them at home until all of those lesions are crusted over or um, until there are no more lesions for 48 hours um, so that, that's kind of my, my rule of thumb, two days before the rash, up until the time where all the lesions are crusted over or there are no more lesions within, 20, within sorry, 48 hours. Now, I can't see you, but I'm, I'm thinking that maybe you picked a child up then. Did you? Yes. Oh, my goodness, yes. you juggler, you paediatrician. My, my, my five-year-old <laughs> came in to give me her socks, oh, which, as we know, is incredibly important. It is very important. <laughs> it's very important. I just loved how you managed to continue such an articulate sentence while looking after your son. So thank you for that, Deb. And I would, I, That's an absolute pleasure. I do not want to keep you from the importance of sock putting on or, or whatever that might entail. So um, I'll let you go. But thank you so much for sharing all that info about chickenpox. An absolute pleasure. I hope that it's been useful. That's paediatrician Dr. Deb Levy. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Feed, Play, Love. If you did, please rate, review or favourite. That way you'll get all the new episodes. Plus, we can reach and help even more parents. And if you have a topic you'd like me to cover email me at feedplaylove at listener.com. Bye for now.